Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Betches Media presents. If you feel depressed and if you feel anxious and you feel confused, you know what? Welcome to the club. Gazpacho, police. Oh my God! What a stupid son of a bitch. He believes that it's a woman's right, it's a woman's body, and it's her choice. The Betches Sup Podcast. Sayonara, sucker! Hello, I'm Elise Morales. I'm Sammy Sage. And this is the Betches Up Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. Amanda is back tomorrow. You're back from vacations. I'm going on vacation. It's officially summer. I'm going to Spain next week. Can't freaking wait. Nice. Are you going to Brian's wedding? Is that I'm going to oh, Brian's nice. wedding. I'm that gonna be so exciting. Oh, wow. I'm so I'm so ready. It's like been the only thing that's kept me going. Danny got COVID. I wasn't feeling great. I had a toothache. There was so there's been so much going on, but I was like, but come hell or high water, I'll be in Spain next Elise, week. Elise, please share freely on social media. Do not spare us anything. We I need will to not. see it all. I will. I will not spare even one detail. I'm so excited. It looked. It, I heard him describe it on the Betches Brides podcast. Um, not to plug, mm-hmm. but you know, if you want to know more about Brian's wedding, it sounds like it is going to be the best time. I mean, there's really nothing that rivals. I went over the weekend, got all my stuff pressed so that it'll be nice. I bought a like nice garment bag so that I can bring my stuff over nicely i'm very excited about it putting beautiful vacations and whatnot aside and coming right back to the bleak american reality uh yeah uh, i mean you can only escape for so long i know Um, for just for like the couple seconds at the top of the podcast and then we're back the united states had another bleak and deadly but totally predictable weekend we had 10 mass shootings in two days Uh, over the weekend. There were shootings in Texas, South Carolina, Philadelphia, Tennessee, two in Arizona, uh, one in Nebraska, Virginia, Georgia, and Kentucky. They took place at everything from a high school graduation party to a funeral to a nightclub. I mean, it's just... um, I don't know. It it did seem like because society went away for a while, this problem was like almost out of the spotlight for two years, and now it's like very much back in the spotlight. Um, right. I know that, I mean, we're, you know, we're reporting on this amount of mass shootings, but I actually kind of think statistically it wasn't that um, much lower before they've now started reporting a lot on it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think this was kind of happening in the background. And again, not every mass shooting has like the salience of, an elementary school or Mm -hmm. the death toll that some of these have, but it's the fact that ultimately at any given point, Americans can walk into completely benign places that are, you would think are safe. And there's just a risk of somebody pulling out a weapon. And when you see how likely that is, it's, you know, 
people really should be paying attention. Yeah, exactly. And I do feel like after these, like, <laughs> as bleak as it is, like, big ticket mass shootings where, like, something really horrific happens and we're refocused on the issue again, we have these, like, you know, these moments where we're like, and then there were 10 more this weekend and we're like, we're really paying attention. But this is actually just kind of the state of affairs that, like, Every weekend in America, there are 10 or more events where somebody, for some reason, pulls out a gun and shoots. Sometimes there's actually like a personal dispute that's happening. Sometimes it's, again, one of these situations where they're doing it indiscriminately. There's just all sorts of reasons, but it goes back to what you're saying. Like, it's because everyone has access to weapons at all times and is allowed to bring them pretty much indiscriminately in public in many of these places. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's basically, and the thing is, yes, we do. We have repeated the cycle, you know, Sandy Hook, uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, anytime there's a, tree of life synagogue anytime there's something i think like either in a school or like a house of worship those tend to be more salient and then we talk about this for a few days later but ultimately at the end of the day the reason that nothing gets done is because you can't change the the legislative and electoral reality and the fact that we are living under a system where the will of the minority is the one that gets to be reflected in the law. And until there are substantial changes made, whether it's, and I think there are, we can talk about, you know, sort of the specific policies that are on the table that could all make a dent, even like, let's say like raising the age to 21 seems like just sort of a no brainer. Give these kids Mm -hmm. brains some time to develop, especially since statistics are showing that mass shooters are getting younger, even simple things like, you just can't get them done because of the legislative reality of needing 60 votes in the Senate. And that's just it. Yeah. So, okay. That brings us perfectly into what I have next here, which is so Senator Chris Murphy, Senator from Connecticut, he's been, you know, trying to get something done on this since Sandy Hook. Uh, He said over the weekend that he's more confident than ever that in Congress's ability to pass gun laws at this moment, particularly strengthening background checks, red flag laws, and mental health resources. But he did also say that they're definitely not going to do like an assault weapons ban or a comprehensive background check thing. So it's like he's kind of saying we can definitely do something, but we're not going to see, you know, a ban on assault weapons or things that really would make a lot of sense to do. Again, look, I personally... I refuse to be like Lucy with the football or Charlie mm-hmm. with the football, I guess, technically. Mm-hmm. The Republicans. Yeah, I guess Lucy. they're Lucy. We're yeah, Charlie. We're mm-hmm. Charlie. I am tired of it. I am sick of like, you know, when we report this daily, yeah. you know, reporting, oh, we might get something done. It looks like we're moving closer to build back better. It looks like we might get a tiny little baby package. I am so tired of having these conversations. I almost like don't even believe in discussing them until it is like you're voting for it. I know because then you lose because ultimately what happens is people hear, Oh, maybe they're going to do something. And then you get a little quiet. The time moves on. And that's what Republicans rely on 
every goddamn time. They rely on another problem. Inflation's high. Something happened in Ukraine. Who the fuck knows what they might what might come up? The queen, like, is who knows? It's just they they rely on that like moving of attention and the fact that they were barely going to do anything anyway, and people disengage, and then nothing happens on anything, anything. Yeah, that's what I've kind of been feeling. Think about what did get passed. The reconciliation bill mm-hmm. and like that infrastructure bill. Those are two things that you knew were going to get passed from the beginning. Like there was never really any efforts that needed to push it. You know, like it was just kind of like we have to like go through the process and it'll like they knew it would get done. But nothing ever gets done that like might get done. <laughs> I was writing the the newsletter today and I was just writing like who's in this bipartisan group, right? And it's like Manchin and Cinema and Lindsey Graham and all these people who, like you said, are known football pullers who yeah. always attach themselves to a working group of some bullshit and then... To seem bipartisan. Yeah, exactly. And then they're like, but ultimately, because of this one word in Clause B... I will be removing my support. And so I feel really similarly to you where it's like, I obviously want to know what's going on. I want to know what bills I can support if they actually get to you a certain point. You can't support any bills though, Elise. Like, yeah. You, like, yes, you can call. And I know Emily in her phone does so much great yeah. stuff with action. And I think like people should continue to follow You know, like if there is an action you can take, you should take it. But in terms of like, Re, like the analysis of reality. Like, I just don't see any other levers being pulled that would change the calculus for those 10 Republicans and Joe Manchin. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel, too, is I'm just like, I mean, I just keep feeling like we've been here before. I would love to see a bill passed if things actually do seem different and can change in some way. And I feel like oh, there is something I can do. I will obviously do it. But at this point, it's like, (laughs) it's up to these weird, like, nefarious powers, it seems like, to decide, like, if their calculus has changed. Well, what I do think does make a difference is sustained engagement. I think that the fact that only a small core group of people in, like, let's say the quote-unquote mainstream stays engaged that makes it really easy for the Republicans to pull the football Mm -hmm. because that's the only reason they put the football down in the first place is because people get mad. Yeah. They're like, okay, we have to do something. Right. You hear the average person like getting upset, becoming engaged. They put the football down. A little time passes. The average person disengages and they pull it away because they know no one's paying attention anymore. And they already got like their kudos for putting the football down. So this is the closest we'll ever get to a sports analogy. And it's actually yeah. just a <laughs> peanuts analogy. Yeah, and it's actually just about a cartoon. <laughs> yeah. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners. I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you are searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. 
Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone on any occasion. Now it's easier to find gifts made by independent sellers for all of the people in your life, like the pickleballers, I know plenty of those, the jazz fan, the artist, the pasta lover, whatever niche interest they have, you can find an incredible gift on Etsy. From 90s nostalgia and mixology to reality TV and gaming, there is something for everyone. There is so much pressure around gifting. I usually have a hard time thinking of gift ideas specifically for my dad, but my dad loves flying. He loves airplanes. He loves aviation, and he never gets sick of a cute little gift that has a reference to that. And the inventory for that on Etsy is incredible. I hope my dad lives for 200 years because I can get him a birthday present related to aviation or planes from Etsy for every single one of them, if not hundreds and hundreds of years more. There really is that much. A gifting moment is always around the corner, but whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you, Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Okay, I want to move on to our next topic now, which is also frustrating and strange in a different way. Um, The Special Olympics began in Orlando over the weekend, but not after, not before, they were bullied by Ron DeSantis. So Ron DeSantis basically, he threatened the Special Olympics with a $27.5 million fine if they didn't drop their vaccine mandate. The Special Olympics issued a statement saying they were lifting the mandate over the weekend based upon the Florida Department of Health's interpretation of Florida law. The state bans requiring proof of vaccination to gain access to spaces and events. Florida's had that, I think, for a while. Like, you can't yeah, that ask for was proof there. of vaccine anywhere, or anywhere, even the Special Olympics, which is so crazy. Right. I can't imagine a place where you would want to be more careful about people's health. Like, in the whole world. Yeah. Maybe, a ho- maybe a hospital. Right? It just seems like... But they don't really care about those either. No, they don't. Uh, can you? I mean, you can't require it in a hospital, I guess, for general reasons, because a hospital has to like treat everyone who comes to a hospital. But anyway, I just imagine that the vaccine versus not vaccine situation going into the Special Olympics is probably really complicated between like immunocompromised people who like really can't get COVID versus immunocompromised people who can't get the vaccine. Because there are some people who right. can't get the vaccine. And it's just like, it's so shitty for Ron DeSantis to try to insert himself in that when, like, these people just want to have their Special Olympics. Well, I wonder, like, I guess I'm sure people who can't get the vaccine maybe got, like, a waiver, you know. <laughs> so you would think. But, I mean, they're spectators. That's who I imagine is, like, more, you know. Yeah, and I mean, I'm COVID's going around right now. It's definitely spiking. I obviously like. I don't know. It it seems like it could probably be potentially complicated, requiring versus or not requiring vaccines for that event. But Florida, the state of Florida, does not need to be involved in making that right. decision and threatening to fine the Special Olympics millions of dollars is so fucked up. Like, I bet the Special Olympics needs millions of dollars. Like, my guess would be that they're right. millions of dollars underfunded from what they need to really put on the very important event that they put together. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is classic Florida, you know, sort of bullying their biggest attractions around Orlando. (laughs) Absolutely. So DeSantis did, you know, he always comes out. What is like, 
Does virtue signaling apply to the right? Or yes. I feel like it's mostly wielded against no, they, the left, but it does apply to the right. As it, like, I feel like they use it against us, but he like virtue signals to the right all the time. So, yeah, virtue signaling is a is like a neutral is a neutral term depending on what your virtues are, and their yeah, virtues think- are. Um, bullying the special Olympics. special Olympics. so yeah anyway he like virtue signaled a bunch he came out and made a bunch of idiotic comments saying he he couldn't possibly understand why a vaccine against a respiratory virus could have anything to do with athletes like he's just you know he makes all of these sanctimonious athletes. statements <laughs> then he says that we've never yeah exactly like what could these what could these particular athletes have to do with a respiratory virus? Foolish. So then he said, we've never seen something wielded like this vaccine to try to marginalize disfavored people, which is another Ron DeSantis favorite, which is to like take like, quote unquote, what they would call woke language and like redistribute it and be like, they're marginalizing these people who were unvaccinated. Um, a lot of these special Olympians have also had COVID by now, or most people have had it by now, which, yes, a lot of people have had COVID. That doesn't mean they want to get it again. That doesn't mean they want to get it like before they compete in the special Olympics. You can easily get COVID multiple times. So this whole like we've had it doesn't really mean anything. And again, it's really just like you said about the virtue signaling against this event sort of, like you said, wielding it to make a point, to make himself seem like big, bad DeSantis. And then you have people who are like, I love what DeSantis did there with the Special Olympics, you know, saving those athletes. Yeah, he really stuck from, into the Special from, Olympics. From fucking up their lung capacity by not right, getting COVID. Like again, <laughs> we don't actually know the long-term effects of having gotten COVID, getting COVID, getting COVID multiple times. These are people who have varying degrees of like disability. Why would we want to expose them to something that we don't, you know? I mean, they should have a really careful testing regime at the Special Olympics anyway that goes beyond vaccine mandate. And like, again, it's I feel like it's not even about the mandate as much as it's about just like him trying to perform like this is yeah. his, he's Kim Kardashian and this week he is releasing this photo with Pete Davidson yeah 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 like the yeah exactly this is his thing of the week I mean he does a really good job of keeping himself in the culture war literally mm-hmm. every week he has a new thing that he's up to he's fighting with somebody he's and like it, the general Sherman or general mm-hmm. Lee of the general yes, Sherman. It's yeah. working for him. Yeah. It is working for what he wants. And if Donald Trump doesn't decide to run in 2024, it's doing exactly what he wants for him. His I career. I believe so. he would death. I mean, forget Trump. I believe he would a hundred percent beat Mike Pence in a primary. Oh my God. <laughs> he will. I, I think that he will like, he could slap Mike Pence publicly. <laughs> yeah, he could shoot Mike Pence on Fifth yeah. Avenue. And, and literally, I mean, the bloodlust for Mike Pence has been proven. Yeah, so, like, <laughs> there's the respect for Mike Pence is so low. <laughs> Speaking of this week on Thursday, mm-hmm. they are taking Friends' old, famously old spot. 
Thursdays, mm-hmm. prime time, 8 p.m., yes. to air the hearings. <laughs> I know. I know. They're going to be public January 6th hearings this week. I'm... I'm interested. It's been a long time since we've had a um, a negative hearing. The last hearing was Katanji, but those, well, I guess those turned negative because certain people made them negative that they didn't need to be. So those had ups and downs emotionally. Um, but this has been, this is the first like juicy, juicy goss hearing. Well, they say they're going to release never before seen things. So can't yeah. wait. It's like Can't a trailer. Wait. Are you going to watch that? Or are you going to watch Kardashians on Hulu? Not to bring them up again. but <laughs> I mean, that is the vibe. It's like, yeah. I'm like, ooh, I can't wait. Well, I'm going to be out. No, I'm, I won't be out of town yet. Yes, I will. I'll be out of town. And I'm actually Thursday not night? going to watch. My flight is Wednesday night. Nice, and I will nice. be in Madrid paying absolutely zero attention to that. But I'll come back and I'm, I'm interested to hear what they say. I'm Betches co-founder Jordana Abraham, and this episode is brought to you by Instacart. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on, while she's sneezing, coughing, aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us, trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues to tea to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker of yours. Speaking of travels abroad, beep, 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 pip, pip, cheerio, it's British news. There's a lot of British news. I love this. There's so much going on. I know we said in the beginning that we had to come back to our country, but now we get to leave again. Mm -hmm. We get to leave. We get to leave for the rest of the episode. Because there's a lot going on. This past weekend was the Queen's Platinum Jubilee in England, which I just in general think we need to be making use of the word jubilee more. I was thinking the same. You know how people are always saying like, we need to have like registries and special parties for people when they get promotions and stuff like that. That's Jubilee because, (laughs) because the Jubilee celebrates her getting her job. Promoted to the C-suite Jubilee. Exactly. Because that's basically what it is. It celebrates her, her coronation. So 70 years since Queen Elizabeth took that crown, as we saw in season one of the crown. She had that whole thing with her and Philip and what they were going to be called. We all remember. So, <laughs> so on Thursday, she made a public appearance on the Buckingham Palace balcony, which is a big deal because she's actually moved out of Buckingham Palace to a different palace, which I guess is more comfortable and more manageable for her at 96 years old. So after she made this appearance, the palace issued a statement saying she would not be appearing at some of the Friday events that she was scheduled to be at because she was experiencing some discomfort. Again, she's 96 years old. I think that her specific, their specific thing was that it was like, because of the travel and energy taken like energy that will be needed. She can't attend. And I was like, that's the way that I want to decline every invitation. I'm like, because of the travel and energy needed, I will unfortunately not be attending. (laughs) (laughs) She get like a card to send back, like, you know, in Gilded Age when they would like collect. Absolutely. Yeah. Be like, I'm so sorry. I'll appear at my balcony and wave and then just be like, but I can't really be going to the other the outdoor events. No, no. Yeah. I mean, they called, they said mobility issues, which, you know, 
fair. She's 96. She also She's been lost the her husband queen for 70 years. Yes. Right. When people I it's like a thing with old people where like once you know you have your spouse and your spouse passes like I think it's very it's much harder for the remaining spouse to the surviving spouse not the remaining yeah. spouse to like function as well, I think. Generally that's like a known thing. Yeah, exactly. She's I mean, whatever. Listen, I think we can say as far as the Jubilee, she's doing her best. On the last day of the celebrations, which was Sunday, uh, she did make an unscheduled appearance on the balcony again. Um, that was with Charles and Camilla, William and Kate and their kids, George, Charlotte and Louie. Louie's been getting so much so much of the attention because he's been like fussy at the events and what I found to be a very cute way. Yeah, let's just hope they don't, like, Prince Harry him, where they, like, because he's fussy as a kid, they turn him into, like, an asshole. Yeah. You know? Because, like, fussy kid quickly becomes unruly teenager, and then before right. you know it, he's, like, the problem. He's right. Prince Andrew. I don't think that it should be extra- extrapolated beyond, like, he's a little kid, he's wearing a suit, he's at five hours worth of events that are fully boring. Like, I think that he's yeah. just... He's Bring restless. Bring his kid a toy. Where is Kathy Hilton with the Barbie dolls? He wants... Just give him a... Honestly, give him a screen. Give him an iPad. They could imagine. I don't care. Can you imagine? Oh, they would never. It would be like... It would be absolute, like, chaos. It brings down the British Empire that Louis yeah. had an iPad at this Yes. <laughs> no, that but would like, be... For real, put him in it. I've seen people who did this, who had to do this at weddings... Put him at a table in the back and give him the iPad. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. I mean, right, but like the whole, the whole of Britain and the world and I know, the Commonwealth are the not prince. on. He's yeah. the prince. He's the spare. I mean, but he's not honestly, even the king. Louis, he's not even going to be the king. Louis in one of the hardest positions as in terms of the birth order. Like being yeah. third in the birth order is like, you are like, I mean, who knows what they'll do by the time he's an adult, but but it's not a good place to be. But he's yeah. very cute. He's adorable. He, they're, they're all pretty cute, I would say. Adorable kids. Oh, they're they're really cute. I went to the UK right after the birth of Charlotte and I bought a commemorative shot glass that has all of her. It has her name and it has their family portrait on it and it has her like birth weight. And stuff. <laughs> That's so fucking weird. <laughs> I was like, what the hell is this? Body but shaming kids from the time they're born. I do have it. It's so funny to have a shot glass with a family portrait on it, like a little sweet, like with their bit the baby and her christening dress. I honestly feel that like the 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 one of the weirdest things, just as you mentioned, mm-hmm. the the like why why do why is like the weight and that the length of the baby so important? Like why? I don't know. I don't know, but maybe. If and when I give birth to my own baby, I'll be like, I gotta know the size. Like, I gotta write down the size of this baby. But I mean, to share to others. I don't like, know. Like, why would you put that on a shot glass, a commemorative one? Well, yeah, I don't know why you would put it on a shot glass. <laughs> Sure. I get wanting to have the information for yourself. But yeah, I do feel like it's always on the cards, on the birth announcement. I don't know. Maybe it's like kind of a relic of old times where it says like, this is a healthy baby. That's a good point. Like this baby 
it's packing on the pans. It's got little squishy rolls. It's looking good. <laughs> okay, all right, fair enough. Fair enough. Princess Charlotte think- is adorable. I'm excited to see like how she ends up. Yeah, I've never um, gotten to see like a princess from start to finish. <laughs> you're right you're right it's, it's so weird that like they like princess as a concept and like they're the real one you know yeah, she's a real princess she actually is that is her title and she's a princess right she just got born to the right people i guess so fucking yeah, and weird. i used to always think when i was little that like princess you could only be princess when you were young but you just stay princess Yes, I Unless also used you to was... think that. I thought like a princess was a pre-queen. Yeah, exactly. And you would always become Graduate. a queen. But no. Yeah. You don't always you become don't. a queen. You can become a queen. Hey there, overwhelmed foodies. Are you drowning in a sea of meal kit options, feeling like you're in a bad dating game where every contestant looks the same, with the same fish picture? Fear not, because amidst the chaos, there's one shining star worth your culinary affection. Home Chef is not just another fish in the meal kit sea. They're the gourmet catch that you've been dreaming of. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes, conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you and the entire family covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week, and they serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it is economical, too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. So for a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash feverdream. That's homechef.com slash feverdream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash fever dream. You must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Speaking of people who are in charge in England, <laughs> we're staying around, we're staying in British news because today, this very day, Boris Johnson is facing a no confidence vote that he might imminently lose his job. Who knows? Maybe when we put the episode out, I don't know what time it is there versus here. I don't know how any of that works. But Conservative Party official Graham Brady announced on Monday that he had received letters calling for a no-confidence vote from at least 54 Tory legislators, enough to trigger the measure under party rules. So this basically means, like, in the British system, because it's a prime minister, he rules, he's in charge because his party says he's in charge. If a majority of members of his party, or I don't know if it's a majority, but whatever, if at least 54 members say, hey, we want to call a vote on you, they can call a vote. This is happening. He said the vote would take place in the House of Commons tonight. So depending on, I don't know if it's tonight yeah. there. Well, it's but- five thirty now. It's five thirty there now. Okay, so, so it's I probably feel happening. Like it's in two hours. It'll probably be like it'll be happening very soon. Yeah. Um, the result is expected later tonight. Basically, they'll cast paper ballots. They'll have to hand them over to remain in office. Johnson needs to win the backing of a simple majority of 359 conservative lawmakers. If he doesn't, the party will choose a new leader who will then also become the prime minister. Um, Basically, this is all going down. It's a huge deal. And this is all going down because of something we've talked about on the podcast before, which are these parties that (laughs) Boris held during the height of British lockdown. And like what I always try to remind people is that 
British lockdown was different than here. It was serious. You actually got in trouble. People actually stayed home. You didn't see loved ones in the hospital who were dying. It was for real. And meanwhile, it came out that Boris Johnson was having all these parties. He was having holiday parties. They were apparently ragers. Like, people were get, puking and, like, getting really Yeah, they were, like, up. Gatsby. Gatsby. I mean, not really. But yes. Yeah. But small. Not as glamorous, probably. Just, like, I just Bojo. feel like a Boris Johnson. Yeah, I just don't think a Boris Johnson party. Like, Daisy's not there. But, like, Bojo's... <laughs> Bojo is, I know he's like a clown to us, but in terms of British society and British listeners, please correct me if I'm wrong. I think he has like some clout due to like family where he went to school, like his kind of, you know, that kind of stuff matters there. I think he has that, that breeding. His family has land in the something shire. Maybe. I don't know exactly. Yeah. I think he... You know, he has that. So who knows? I mean, we will include in the description whether he um, is still the prime minister or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Liz, because this is actually breaking news. He really might. He really might lose it. I mean, there were, there were truly predict? reports of do him doing do cocaine. Ooh, <laughs> we go back do to I want to predict? Do go I want to get into the predict? Oh, yeah, there were like they like found people doing cocaine and stuff. It was I mean, the, the parties are for serious just There's like Madison Cawthorn kind of implied exactly about conservatives us, but, you know. love to do cocaine at work I think that's <laughs> the I think both parties probably do cocaine Con- I just think conservative. it's at work conservative yeah. cocaine at work I mean Reagan is the 80s Reagan yeah. is the 80s <laughs> Margaret Thatcher we're all trying they're trying to bring it back they're trying, to, they're trying to bring it back to the 80s. Um, it there never is left. also, there's no clear person who will take over if he does lose the no confidence vote. Um, and it's also like, even if he survives it, it's not good for his prime ministership. Like, Theresa May survived a no confidence vote, but then she ended up resigning a few months later because she just never really fully was able to be authoritative again so who knows my prediction mm, i'm gonna say no i'm gonna say he stays okay um i'm gonna say he goes just because we're gonna predict the opposite things and And we'll um, see but like i like you said i think either way having the vote at all very bad it's not good it's not good if you have to ask whether there's confidence there's yeah. no confidence. I really do. I envy the votes of no confidence, though, that that like the parliamentary system has. Oh, and then you can just call concept. an election at every time and at any time and be like, actually, it's fucked up. We're doing it again. Like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, that, we what, what were we, we thinking? blew it. What we, were we blew thinking? it. Not putting anything in with that. So I do love that they're able to do that. The reason I said the reason I just went with no is because 54 is actually not like that's a pretty low number for 300 that he needs. And also, I don't know. I feel like uh, maybe if there was someone where it looked like they really wanted to like if it said that there was someone better who it oh, seemed like they I had in point. mind where they were like whatever let's get rid of this guy who's like clownish and always has all these scandals 
and get this new guy in charge, then it would be different. But since it says that there is not really anybody, that's my feeling where it's like, then there's, this isn't serious. Because if it was serious, someone would be like stepping forward, being like, you should pick me. Right, right. No, I, by that logic, um, I agree with you. But by the logic of I'm just picking the opposite of what you're picking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%, 100%. Um, I'm going to go with he's out. Yeah, he's out. Maybe I'm already wrong. Maybe by the time this episode comes out, I'm already wrong. It's happened before. We would have a, oh, before this comes out, maybe, but we would have a notification if it happened already. Like, by oh, now. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I, I just mean by the time the podcast too early. comes out. They're having tea right now, I'm pretty sure. This isn't the nighttime. Aren't they this always? Is tea. Aren't they always? 5.30, I'm pretty sure, is squarely tea time, if I had to guess. Or it's like close of tea time. I don't fucking mm -hmm. know anything about them. But again, this is British news, so. This is British news. And I think that actually brings us to the end of our episode. So, it does. Uh, this is British News, and until the end of democracy, I'm Elise Morales. I'm Sammy Sage. And this is the Betches Sub Podcast. The Betches Sub Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and send us your emails to suppod at betches.com. Batches.